0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MoPod, brought to you by MoDate, where we discuss everything Mo, from modern orthodoxy to my opinions and more. I'm your host, Evan Harris, and we have a great guest for you today. Today, we're sitting down with Tsipora Grodko. How are you doing, Tsipora?
1: Hi, Evan. So excited to be here. Fantastic. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. So thanks so much for coming on. Uh, Before we dive into your appearance on the Meaningful People podcast and just how much you've blown up since then uh just want to hear more about your background and how did you get to where you are today
1: sure so uh my professional background is in psychotherapy uh fun fact while in graduate school i had a little bit of a dj business a lot of people don't know that to help support me and uh, my first job was working um at a high school doing psychology and Torah integrating the two topics because I think that Torah comes from psychology, but uh, it's hard to understand that based on our juvenile understanding and sometimes even our advanced learning. So I love combining the two pieces in my life and I worked at addiction and recovery um, and along those lines of moving to a medical center and then doing private therapy. Uh, When COVID hit, I moved, a lot of my work became remote and um, that's a little bit about my professional background. Uh, then I joined a nonprofit and um, my unprofessional background. I like to say is I'm a survivor of being of having six brothers and me kind of sandwiched between everybody. <laughs> so um from Muncie, New York. Uh, I'm twenty nine and. Uh, I'm the kind of person that loves crossing off bucket list goals and trying to make a difference in the world. So um, that's that's a little bit of a brief bio about me if I'm not gonna sell myself short or bore anyone. But um, a lot of this work started initially when I was asked to write for the Five Towns Jewish Home. Uh, someone reached out to me and feel free to ask questions along the way yeah, or for interject.
0: Sure. No, you're doing great. Um,
1: and said, uh, we're looking, we have a column called The Navidators and we have on it a therapist, a Rebotson, a Zadie and a single and a matchmaker. And we're looking for a single. Um, Would you fill that role? And initially I thought, this sounds like very cringy. quite honestly. I wouldn't read that. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't wanna participate in that. And then I saw a glimpse of what they did and I felt as I still do now, I often feel that a lot of people speak for entertainment, speak to be politically correct, um, say what people want to hear and not what uh, needs to be said. And so I thought, if people are reading this, then I'm actually going to give it all I've got. So I agreed to be on it. And um, while I was on it, the, uh, I guess you could say, facilitator of the column said to me, What pseudonym do you want to be under? And I said, I mean, I, I don't really care, assuming that everyone was under a pseudonym. And after the first publication, I got an email because I live in Muncie. Well, my base is Muncie, New York, so I don't get the five towns, Jewish Times. Mm-hmm. And I saw that it said everyone's name. And then under me, it was some pseudonym. And I mm-hmm. reached out and I said, I'm just a little confused. Why do I have a fake name if everyone else's is real? And she responded to say, well, any single that's ever been on here has never felt comfortable using their real name out of fear that people won't agree with what they say and it will affect their reputation. So we just assumed you were the same way. Like no one uses their real name. And I was so upset. Um, I was upset at the, not at what happened, but at the fact that people feel like they can't be vocal because there's so much fear around other people controlling their destiny. And I said, No, I, I want you to use my real name because you're just uh, perpetuating further stigma and further insecurity. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows it's a fake name. So it was the first time in history that they had a uh, single use their real name. And I think that's sort of what planted the seeds for everything else that pretty much came.
0: Okay, wow. Yeah, that's super interesting. And <laughs> so. Everything else that, that came since, so is that something you still do or is that not anymore?
1: Yeah, so I still write for the column. You'll see my name, Sipporah Grodko. Um, I don't write to be politically correct. I'm very forward and vocal with my opinion. And... um people have told me they appreciate that. I don't give a lengthy response that starts off with being validating and warm and then slip in my idea. I'm very forward. And if I don't think I'm qualified to answer or if I don't think the person should be seeking an answer from a column, I will say I advise that you don't listen to anything that anyone says here. It sounds like you need professional help. Um, And every week I wait to be kicked off and it hasn't happened yet.
0: (laughs) Okay. So that's where I'm holding there. All right. Sounds good. And so how did you, I mean, I guess this is how you broke into it. So tell us where you're at now for all those that don't know, haven't seen your recent stuff.
1: Sure. So um, what ended up happening was um, what I, a lot of my friends um, have were coming to me about their dating experiences, crying not about their date, but about their experience with the date, about the people that would talk to them, about the community, about feeling so ostracized and out of place and very shameful Um, and it was really upsetting to me and I felt like something had to be done and I was so tired of hearing everyone talk about it but no one doing anything and when I shared that maybe someone should give a speech and talk about it people said right when well when I'm married this is what I'm going to do different and when I'm married this is what I'm going to say and no one felt like they had the credibility to speak up now a because they felt by you know it in by the fact of them being single, it like reflected their biggest insecurity, which is I'm doing something wrong. So why would anyone want to hear what I have to say? And if people don't like to what I have to say, again, my ha- life, so to speak, is in their hands. So I may be ruining further opportunity by rendering my reputation. And I think that uh, people in general put a lot of power in humanity because we live in a hidden world where we don't see God and our basic brain tells us this is what leads to results, people. So please people, um, sway people, be very charismatic to people to get what you want and we forget that God is the source of everything. So um, I was—I said, uh, I just can't stand to see the people I care about in pain anymore. I'm just going to give a small talk in my synagogue and see what happens. So I made a flyer. Um, I made sure to get a matchmaker that's pretty popular to endorse me and my community rabbi, because I knew that what I was going to say was going to be a little radical. And if I didn't have proper endorsement, people wouldn't listen to what I had to say, as 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 I completely understand. So once I got that, um, I said, I'll just give it in my synagogue. And if like 10 people come or 20 people come, hopefully that's 20 more people that won't get hurt. And um, the poster was very attractive. Things Shad Khanim should know Uh, there were 100 people attending. No, there were over 100 people attending on Zoom, I think 150. And the room was pretty full and I never anticipated for the talk to go viral. So um, I think it was uploaded onto two platforms, again, to uh, cater towards politically correct people. There's Rebel um, for those that don't support YouTube and then it's on YouTube. So on Rebel at this point, I think it has... 7,000 views, and on YouTube at this point it has, um, I think, 5,000 or 7,000 also. So um, it hit a lot of people with no social media, uh, no global announcement, and um, that led to ultimately me getting to meaningful people, which was never part of my plan. But I was so grateful and appreciative because the more people that I believe hear what we because I, I do speak, feel I'm speaking on behalf of a lot of people. We have to say, I I think the happier and more wholesome uh, people will be, um, singles will be, and I and that's all we want. We want like world enhancement. We want greater development. We want people to feel like life is challenging as it is. We don't need people to make whatever situation we're in even more challenging. We're already already holding weight for a lot of other difficulties in our life. So um, the goal is, is just like with humility to change and revolutionize the way community and even even a single themselves approach their life stage to take away that shame, to take away that judgment, to take away that pressure that this is a stage I'm supposed to quickly pass through. And if I haven't, there's something wrong with me. My life has less quality, less meaning. 110 percent not correct i mean in in the secular world because there's something to learn from everyone post graduate school is like the time for your greatest development and exploration and in a sense like um a lot of satisfaction meaning and enhancement because there's so much that the world has to offer and you have a lot of opportunity to explore it Um, i don't think that's a concept that's been exercised in The orthodox community i could say um because uh, um we have a lot of focus on continuity i think it's my my theory is because we were massacred because we were oppressed because as mark twain says our existence defies human nature there's a big emphasis on continuity um as a culture on family and if someone doesn't fit into that because it's not what god had in store for them it could create a lot of the shame. And I just want to take that away. I want people to remember that you are exactly where you need to be and that there isn't, like, so to speak, a, a better and a worse because there's so much in each life stage. Um, that's that's a big part of my mission.
0: Before we get back to the episode, here's a word from our sponsors. The MoPod is sponsored by OKClarity.com. OKClarity.com is the place for any Jew, no matter how from or religious you are to find a top-notch therapist, psychiatrist, coach, or nutritionist. And it's completely free-free to use. OKClarity.com's professionals are vetted and have extensive experience working with the Jewish community. If you're in the market for a therapist, coach, nutritionist, psychiatrist, or the like, you want to check them out. If you don't find what you're looking for, they have a concierge service where you complete a short form and they will personally match you. If you are a wellness professional, I highly recommend joining their directory. Their team is amazing and professionals receive referrals effortlessly. Okay, Clarity also has an amazing WhatsApp status with over 8K obsessed followers, and yes, I am one of them. Their WhatsApp is a free way to improve your mental health, and they post great humor, so you'll laugh too. If you have WhatsApp, shoot them a message at 917-426-1495. Again, that's 917-426-1495. We'll put the links to their website and WhatsApp in the show notes, so make sure to smash those links. You won't regret it. Okay, great. So it's obviously a lot to take in and a lot to understand and think about and new ideas for some people, not new for others. But what would you say if you had to boil it down to like three points, let's say three sentences, three quick points, like what are your three things that you think are are currently happening for the most part in the mm-hmm. Orthodox community that you think should not be happening?
1: Mm excellent question okay so for referencing to community three points i would say are as follows uh one as there is no crisis uh people i've gotten pushback on that people have reached out to me and said how can you say that but there is a crisis the stats say as follows and they'll give me stats um i have my own stats i don't know where they got theirs from my stats were endorsed by were run by the ou uh, were run by um Oh, I'm blanking out right now, but I say it in my original speech by a few different qualitative researchers who say, yes, there are single people, but the challenges that they're stating aren't coming from being single are coming from their experience as a single person. Um, Mm -hmm. So, one, I think the community needs to know there's no crisis because if they recognize that there's God and there's man and man can error, but God can't, it will take away their worry. I think hopefully it will prevent them from making poor decisions, from pressuring people to make decisions that they shouldn't make, from incorporating uh, ideologies that shouldn't be incorporated. There's no crisis. Everyone's exactly where they need to be. Uh, Two is if someone is single, nothing is wrong with them. Again, this is all community oriented. So do not approach someone as if that is the most important thing in their life, as if that is the only thing in their life. Um, Treat people as people, not as life stages. And this is really in relation to anyone. If someone now is married and they have one kid, like not everyone is really an expert socializer. So I really do have to have more compassion on them because people use a frame of reference of what's in front of them to socialize. So it's like, oh, you're married. What's your husband's name? What does he do? Oh, you have a kid. What's his name? What's he like? Um, but and so then if someone's single, what happens is, oh, you're single. What are you looking for? That's what ends up happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, people want to see be seen for more than that. So it's there is no crisis. And then it's um, if I'm single, talk to me about more than just being single. Talk to me about my stature. And if I'm single, there's nothing wrong with me because then people also will bring up their comments of like, well, I don't think it's good to be single or well, um, I know someone who knows someone and it just becomes a part of someone's identity and it makes social gatherings uncomfortable. family gatherings uncomfortable, celebrations uncomfortable. We want to take away that discomfort. We want there to be ultimate life enhancement, especially if someone doesn't feel like they have what they need to get there. So let's not do anything to add to the f- the fire to the fuel. Um, and then what would be my last point? Um, I guess, again, if it's community oriented, To practice a tremendous amount of humility and recognize that God is in control. Um, If you don't think you can do this the right way, if you don't think you could set up a match without being insensitive, don't do it. Uh, There's other ways you can help. You can pray for the person. You can invite them for dinner. Um, this is a piece that I didn't focus enough on meaningful people, but it's so important. It's very, very lonely if someone is single and, they want, and, and, and they're and they constantly making new friends and maybe people have graduated and they've moved on. And all anybody wants is to be connected. Uh, one of the number one causes of depression is loneliness. So um, be inviting. There's so much emphasis on like help singles, try to set them up. And I think that the emphasis should change to you wanna be helpful, be kind, invite people over, invite people over for dinner, invite people over for coffee, invite people over for Shabbos. And not as a second thought of like, oh, I'm having a bunch of people. If you want, you can come, but make that invitation as personal as you would to the family you just invited. So that the person feels that you w- they're wanted there instead of being an afterthought. Um, if you don't uh, know the singles in your community, but you go to shul, get to know them. Um, I've had people reach out to me that have said, I'm no longer part of the Orthodox community. I'm actually not Orthodox anymore because I felt like I didn't fit in. And it was so sad that I felt like I could only fit in if I was in a relationship and married. So I joined a community where I felt like I fit in. I would say that's the big piece that people underestimate the power of their kindness and the power of their company and instead are so fervently focused on like, let's all say the safer to Hillim and let's all uh, make a shul gathering to set people up like beautiful. But that's not the only thing people need, um, because as I said earlier, you can make a difference. You can make a successful shidduch by giving someone a successful experience with the date. So you could also make a difference not by setting someone up, but by being there in their life for them. And every it feels so good. Everyone that's listening knows it feels so good to be invited, to have someone reach out and say like, hey, I wanted to go on a walk, want to join me, I'd love company. Uh, and don't you dare think that you're doing so to speak, an act of chesed. You'll probably enjoy their company. Single people have, have are great to be around. We have experiences we can share. Uh, we have fulfilling careers we're involved in. We have independent thoughts. And of course, there's always a bad date here and there. So don't think that you're doing someone a favor. If you're feeling that way, then you need to change the way you view this person. Um, just be just just Be like a contribution to your community by being more open and inviting.
0: Okay. So the big three are there's no crisis. Don't treat people differently and be humble. Question on those. And just in general Mm -hmm. is, do you think people talk about dating too much?
1: Yes. I think that sometimes singles talk about it too much. I think that sometimes um, when invited out, again, in an effort to make conversation, people say, how's dating? And then I think people get used to it so much that when they go out, um, because it's what they're involved with and everyone talks about their schedule, I think they think people want to hear about it. So they bring it up. And it could be uncomfortable for someone to listen to someone's bad experience and not really know what to say. And I think that sometimes the single doesn't even want to share it, but they feel like this is what's, so to speak, new in my life. So it's kind of expected of me to share. I do think that um, sometimes people that are dating talk about it too much to the point where it exacerbates their own experience. So my friends know that I don't talk about things that don't make me feel good. And of course, everything in moderation with the right person. But yes, we should not be sitting in a circle lamenting about how difficult it is and how challenging it is. If we're in a hot tub with wine, great time and place for everything. But yes, I do think that some people talk about it too much and I think that when we're used to talking about something, it becomes a center of our life. And if something's the center of our life and we don't have it, that's very depressing. So I think that people need to talk about it less so that in a sense they think about it less even though it's hard to think about it less if it's such a big part of someone's life. But I think that it doesn't really have to be as big as everyone around us is making it. I think it could be another part of our of our routine another part of our life yes someone can get calls someone can be in a relationship Some there can always be some aspect of it that's going on but I do think that we feed it we make it bigger than it has to be and I think it becomes more challenging than it has to be and I think that all starts with with um, talking about it less and I'm, um, I've done I've been there I've spoken about it a lot and realized like oh I'm always bringing up like oh let me tell you this doozy of what happened and it doesn't make me feel good and it's probably uncomfortable for the other person to hear so I, I, I think mm-hmm. we do need to talk about it last. I'm glad you asked.
0: Okay, great. And so I'm wondering, is it kind of like, I don't know, ironic or difficult or anything for you that now you're becoming this motivational speaker and you're kind of talking about it more, right? Like, I mean, maybe not, <laughs> you know, with friends or whatever it is, but just like on your own, like you're talking about stuff more now about stuff you don't want to talk about more so it's like how does that work for you
1: so it's really funny because again if anyone told me oh you're you're going to become a singles advocate again all caps I would say that's As my as my Gen Z brother would say, that's super cringy. Like that's not Mm -hmm. I don't I don't want to identify that way. Exactly what you're saying. I don't identify as that. So (laughs) this is who I am. Um, I'd like to think I'm not talking about the negative experiences. I'm trying so hard to introduce effective ways to be positive. I'm not going to walk around and hate. I, I don't think that's receptive. I don't think that's healthy. I don't think that's proactive. I think it's reactive. I'm trying to introduce um. um, Self-actualization, life max, I don't know if that's a word, I was going to say life maximization to go with my theme, but life enhancement, um, what we can do to enhance our life independent of what we're going through and what steps we should take to stay focused on these things. So what I am sharing is more growth oriented. But you're right. Yes, there are pieces of like, let's talk about the uncomfortable and maybe dismantle some unhealthy community activity that's well intended. Um, But I still make an effort not to talk about a date that didn't work out that was really disappointing and then got really stuck in that hole of like, oh, it was so hard and I'm so frustrated. I'm so disappointed. And why me? And every boy I've ever had a crush on is married. So why am I? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get in that in that black space. Um, But I guess it is a little bit ironic, as you're saying. Um, But again, the things I talk about fuel me and make me feel better. They don't make me feel worse. And I think that's the importance to differentiate. I've had a few people reach out to me to say, well, you know, I've always had that idea, but I never did it. We just spoke about doing it. Or I have this other idea, but I don't feel like I can do it. And I say, if you think it, do it. If you're thinking it, then God's giving you the opportunity to carry out this mission. That's how I feel. And it is an opportunity. And you're right. Not everyone's going to act on it. So first come, first serve. Um, Mm -hmm. If it is going to bring goodness into the world, talk about it. If it's going to bring blackness into your heart, don't or do at the right time with the right person in the right quantity.
0: Okay, definitely makes sense. And I'm not sure if this is something you've thought about, but, Mm -hmm. you know, Everyone has their time, right? This is a message that you've shared. You know, it's just not time yet, let's say, right? Um, So when I first started Modate, I was single and now I'm not. And so people have asked me questions about that. Thank you. People have asked me questions about that. Like, oh, like you still want to do Modate? Like you still want to run this operation? And so the answer is yes. But I'm, I'm asking you kind of when you find your person, Mm-hmm. Do you think that's going to change what you're doing right now?
1: Such a great question. I have no idea. I have no idea. I've thought about that. I have no idea Like what's going to happen. Um, I do know. I could be wrong, but I do know that the power of what I'm doing is in me being single, in me being so vulnerable mm-hmm. and saying, I will not wait. I will do it now. I know that's where a lot of the strength is being distributed and people saying that I'm not afraid and trying to take away that fear from other people. Um, and I do feel like I, I am on a race. I am trying to do as much as I can, hoping of course, that things will always change and can always change. And I do think that the second I do meet the right person, just my words don't mean the same. They don't, I could be wrong. Maybe Mm. things will change when that happens. I don't know. It's a great question. I thought about it and I don't know. I don't know not because I don't know if I'll want to. I think social advocacy has always been something that's important for me and talking about the things that need to be spoken about once I've started now I, I can't really shut up about it. <laughs> um mm-hmm. but I I don't know if people will if it will speak to people. I don't know if people will feel like I'm as understanding. I don't know I don't know if people will appreciate it. I do know there are people Like Jackie Glazer, like I think her name is um, uh, Rachel Burnham, who did get married at an unconventional age and now have dedicated their life towards doing this. I don't know. It's a great question.
0: Okay. and along those (laughs) along those lines, yeah, it's a difficult question to answer before it actually happens. But along those lines, um, I'm wondering, like, since you are, you know, willing to be vulnerable and hopefully this isn't too far. But how has dating been since all of this has gone live? Like, have you noticed maybe fewer suggestions? Like, do you think people are almost scared to bring up dating to you?
1: Great question. People have been asking me that. I'm not on camera, about to be mm-hmm. blown into the entire world, but people have been asking me that. Um, I'll tell you the truth. It's been amazing. People are very scared to bring up suggestions to me uh i'd like to think that they're cautious i'd like to think that because there truly is one person out there for everyone i'd like to think that they're reconsidering their idea and saying either i don't have enough information about this person and therefore i'm not going to suggest it or he is a good guy but uh, i don't really think she's good for him i just like the idea of her being good for him i'd like to think that uh they're actually honoring my wishes of what i said i'm looking for and realize oh this isn't what she said i do get a lot of deleted messages so i'll see that someone reached Uh, out to me and it's deleted so i'd like to think they're being cautious I'm sure there's a fear aspect. I had someone reach out to me and say, "I'm really scared. I don't know if I'm doing this right." I said, "It just it's okay. I'm 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 so not scary." Um, but I I do think that people are starting to be more cautious and sensitive. Um, and I think that's important. I hope that what they're doing to me, they're actually doing to a lot of people because it's exhausting to just get sent A lot of suggestions or not a lot but the wrong suggestions that's draining so I'd like I I hope that also singles can recognize that it's not about how many it's just you just need one person and sometimes dating more makes someone feel like they're accelerating the process I think it accelerates emotional dysregulation (laughs) dating more I think you just have to really date right Um, and it just has to be the right person so there, I have been dating less. Um, there have been less suggestions and I so appreciate that because I just want that the next person I go out with is my husband. And up until that moment, enjoy my time, uh, not feel like I have to limit my schedule or my opportunities because something comes up. Um, if someone didn't appreciate the, quality of this answer, they might feel insecure. Like I gave this big talk and now no one's reaching out to me. Oh, no, maybe they didn't like what I have to say. Maybe they don't want to date someone like me. I don't feel that way. I, I, I'd i like to think that people are being more cautious. And uh, if there is only one person out there for everyone, then I wonder if people should even be getting so many suggestions and so many different kinds if everyone is giving each suggestion so much attention. I wonder. Someone might disagree mm-hmm. with me. Someone else might say, no, people should be open-minded and try anything that comes their way. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of want to say instead of being open-minded, people need to be right-minded. People need to mm-hmm. know who they are, what they want. Um, again, according to our best judgment, and I always say God loves us. He's not going to mislead us. If someone's saying I'm trying to make decisions that are going to be positive investments in my development and health, then if someone's making a suggestion and with my judgment, I say no, it's not going to be like, all right, Sabora, that's it. It's just you and seven cats for the rest of your life. Like, It will Mm -hmm. come up through someone else in another way. And then you see the the pattern. We can't get in God's way. So I'd like to think that instead of being open-minded and taking anything that comes your way, we should be right-minded and that people making suggestions should really think about it beforehand. And they shouldn't be concerned that, again, we're Jewish, so we like doing the guilt trip all the time. Maybe I'm holding back someone's air. Um, if you're trying to make the right decision to prevent anyone from getting hurt, probably not. <laughs> probably not. And if you think it's a great idea, make the suggestion, but just do it right.
0: Once again, a brief message from our sponsor, okayclarity.com. The Mopod is sponsored by okayclarity.com. OKClarity.com is a great place for any of you to find a top-notch therapist, psychiatrist, coach, or nutritionist. And it's completely free for you to use. If you're a wellness professional... Definitely check out okclarity.com and consider joining their directory. Their team is amazing and professionals receive referrals effortlessly. If you have WhatsApp, shoot them a message at 917-426-1495. Again, that's 917-426-1495. Back to the Mopod. Okay. That's my opinion. Okay. It doesn't mean their it's advice. right. It's just how yeah, I feel. Uh, I think there are definitely different approaches there. Like there's another, you know, classic for I know you, you don't like some of the classic phrases and you've spoken about the soon by you, the emergency by you, that those are no-goes and that doesn't help anyone and it kind of just helps the person who's saying it to feel better about themselves. But there's also a phrase, "The it's just one date, right? Right. And so, you know, I used to really not like that phrase and used to think, you know, one date is emotionally draining, what comes beforehand, all the preparation, all the thinking about it and then you know you you think about it and and like maybe it is just one date you know when you think about it months later and so i i've really wavered about that because in the moment it doesn't feel like just one date but then when you look back you're like oh it was just one date so i'm really not sure what i think on that if if how many suggestions people could get and there are definitely different approaches with that but just like being like, conscious of what you're saying and, and knowing how you're treating someone and and not feeling like other. Like, I, I know that, you know, it's very easy to say, like, like, singles and the single. And and but, like, it's something, I mean, something that I try, like, not to do, even though I don't even know if it bothers people, just because, like, it's such an identifier. And, like, y- when I was single, like, I didn't identify as a single. Like, I'm just a person. Right. Like I'm, just a, I'm still just yeah. a person. So it's, like, something I, something I definitely... Um, noticed and just you know there are ways to do things and ways not to do things and I think you're definitely you know giving people the right advice and and opening up the conversation like people are so scared to talk about about their own lives like especially when you're single because you're worried about your reputation and like that's why I brought up the topic of like how's dating going now because that's why people don't do it right they're worried about if they talk when they're single if people are gonna gonna you know just take them out of their list or spreadsheet or whatever it is and, and so, I like to think,
1: oh, sorry, go yeah. ahead.
0: No, no, yeah, yeah you go, you oh, go ahead. I,
1: I like to think that, um, so there's two things I want to say. One is I agree with you. It In a sense, it is just a date. Um. You just want to make sure that you don't have like, A week full of it's just a date so everything in moderation but I do agree with you Um, and in relation to people oh the second thing I want to comment is your sensitivity in saying a single or not a single I personally it's very interesting maybe people would be surprised I I feel like it's all just um uh, what's that word it's such a great vocabulary word where it means like
0: semantics
1: Semantics, thank you. It's semantics. I, I I encourage everyone do not get lost in the liberal Western ideologies that we have to be we have, ugh, I hope I'm not insulting anyone, but where where we dramatize um an idea because of our unresolved feelings towards a title. It's it's our own sensitivities that are giving the words so much weight the average world is just using this as an identifying term from the basic dictionary which simply states the following um if it hurts us so much that means that i think we're insecure um someone called me and they were like so uh people that are not yet married i said it's fine you could say singles i'm not gonna cut your head open like it's just the word that we use it's short It, it makes sense um i think again if anyone feels uh, hurt. I think that means that we're just feeling insecure and that's okay. We, we're complex um, but it's not everyone's responsibility to know how to blindly adjust to the vernacular on how to relate to you. It's not fair. We can't expect that of mm-hmm. people. So I, I'm just going to say that's how I feel. I don't want people to get lost in in the drama that gets trickled in from Western culture and I hope it's not insensitive. Um Again, it's how I feel. Um, so anyone could say single, married, uh, d- divorced, widow. I don't know any terms.
0: Moving on to a segment that we do here called the Mopod Lightning Round. I'm just going to fire off some mm-hmm. quick questions and you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready?
1: Okay. How like many
0: words? Like one word do you answers say? or like sentences? No, no, no. Sentences, sentences. Okay. How many words do you say a day?
1: Ah, no idea. Not enough, too many.
0: <laughs> okay, what is your favorite type of bird?
1: Um, It's a red one. It used to be outside my window by my house. Don't know what it's called. Not scientifically fluid enough.
0: Okay, maybe a cardinal. Do you prefer fruits or vegetables?
1: Salty vegetables.
0: Okay, what is the best restaurant in Muncie?
1: Mm-hmm. Primavera, it's owned by my sister-in-law's parents. Go check it out.
0: Okay, okay, I'm biased. All right, well, thank you, T. Graco, for coming on the MoPod. Anything else you want our listeners to know before we sign off?
1: Oh, um, well, I really appreciate being here. Thank you for having me, and thank you for all the wonderful work that you do. I remember when Modi came out, and I was really fascinated and intrigued, and I'm on it, so thank you. Um, anything else that I want our listeners to know? Um, I, I I think it's all I think it's all pretty much out there in the world. I also do coaching, so if anyone ever feels that they would benefit from coaching, my information is on my Instagram account, or you could email me at supportgrodco at gmail.com. Um, I'm, you could copy my name in today's podcast and um, just try your best. And I think the last thing I want to say is that if anyone says anything that's insulting. The best thing you could do to reinforce your own sense of self and dignity is stand up for yourself with kindness, again, not being reactive, but proactive, because no one's going to take better care of your life other than you. So we can't wait for life to get better, but we have to be better for life to get better. So I think those would be my parting words.
0: All right. Thanks so much, Tipora. Pump the volume.